What's up, boys and girls? Today, we are going to talk about what to do if you have a non-sellable business. You got three options. Let's get into it. So the big question is this. How do entrepreneurs like us, who are running real businesses, spending money from our own pockets, how do we build, grow, and operate our businesses in a way that lets us exit them one day for millions of dollars? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Raleigh Williams, and welcome to the Exit Plan Secrets Podcast. What's up, boys and girls? Okay, so today we are going to talk about the options that you have if you have a business that is non-sellable. And the way that I have kind of come to these three things is in my own life, having a business that is non-sellable. As I quit my law firm job to start Alcatraz Escape Games, kind of simultaneous with that track, my wife started posting fitness stuff online. She had had a child and she had kind of started on her weight loss journey and she'd always kind of enjoyed posting about that stuff and it grew into a real business kind of the first month that she started posting about it she made five grand and then 10 grand and then 30 grand and then 50 grand in a month and so it kind of just grew into this business that happened as i was building a brick and mortar business on my own she had kind of built this awesome business on the side and as she grew it and i was growing williams entertainment group we were kind of doing this at the same time together and i was looking at ways to kind of the next step of williams entertainment group and while she was kind of doing this thing that it's called fitness carly on instagram and um we thought maybe it was time to sell Williams Entertainment Group, sell a couple a couple pieces of Williams Entertainment Group. One of them was Alcatraz Escape Games, which was the sale that I had last year. And going through that sale process, we kind of looked at what is, you know, what does the end in sight look like for Fitness Carly, which is a brand that's completely tied to my wife. She kind of generates the sales. As, as I went through that sale in Alcatraz and going through kind of the full life cycle of a business from starting it to growing it to um, selling it, you know, I, I don't start I don't start businesses anymore without thinking about what that cycle will look like. Do I want to hold it for forever? Do I want to eventually sell it? And so we started spending a lot of time after I had sold Alcatraz and in the middle of coronavirus, a lot of my trampoline parks were shut down. We started spending a lot more time on Fitness Carly because it was an online business that coronavirus didn't really affect. And we started thinking about what what is Fitness Carly ultimately, what, what do we want that to become? And um, we decided that we wanted to build something that was sellable, that we could ultimately sell one day and that had a big enough vision to be able to hire more people than we had in the past, kind of, you know, treat it like a real business as opposed to this kind of lifestyle business that we had run our lifestyle through and kind of focused on it whenever we wanted to and kind of this fun little side product project that was always really cash generative. So in the process of that, we we looked at what all of our options were with fitness carly how 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 do you 
treat a brand or a business that is completely tied to the founder and make it something that's sellable. And so when you're in that position with a non-sellable business, um, you have three things that you can kind of do. You have three options. The first option is to do nothing and to not make it sellable, not worry about it, to continue to run it as a lifestyle business, to run your lifestyle through it, run your cars, run expenses through it, go on trips and kind of use the, use the business as your own personal piggy bank. And that's kind of how we ran that business for a lot of years. And what we found kind of projecting forward 10 years into the future is that if we continued to not invest in the infrastructure of the business, the business would have really good months. We would, there would be some months where we were focused on it when we would make 60 or 70 grand and it was mostly profit. We don't have office space. We didn't really have any employees. And so it was always the, the thinking that we had always had was, you know, let's keep expenses as minimal as possible and just keep it as a cash flowing thing. And it's a great way to live a great lifestyle. But as, as you look forward 10 years, what you find is we would have really good months and then we would have really bad months. And there was no stability to the business because it was completely tied to my wife and I and how hard we wanted to work. And when we weren't completely focused on it, the business would dip pretty heavily because there wasn't any infrastructure there. There were no employees there. And what we thought on a going forward basis is if we continue to suck cash out of the business constantly, always, never feeding the business, never giving the business the infrastructure that it needed, that um, eventually one day it would die. And in an online business, the other thing that we had kind of grown accustomed to was growing organically without having to pay to acquire customers, which is a great problem to have, but it also really limits your growth because organic growth is a lot of times completely outside of your control. And so that was the way that we had run it for four or five years. And we decided that it wasn't sustainable to, we decided that we had more ambition than making 50 or 60 grand a month, that we wanted to build something that was more impactful, a bigger business. You know, we wanted to get to a 10, 20, $30 million business. And there's just no way to do it under the umbrella that we had created that was fitness carly but the first thing that you can do is you can just to continue to use it as as a lifestyle business um the second thing that you could do and this was less applicable in my wife's business but i've done it in other brick and mortar businesses is if you have an if you have a a business that is relatively unsellable and a lot of times these type of businesses are unsellable because they're not profitable enough that someone else can buy it, layer in the employees that they need to bring and then still be making a profit. So this is like if your business makes 150 grand a year as a chiropractor's office or a law office that has a, a real estate space, you know, and you make 250 grand a year on it, but somebody would pay you 350 grand to buy it and it just never makes sense to let go of it because you're getting such a low multiple of what the business is just based on the type of business that you have. Um, if you don't run it as a lifestyle business and, and if you keep clean books on it, one good way to use that business is to use that business to go out and either acquire real estate 
or go out and acquire other businesses. And this is kind of like the Berkshire Hathaway model, the old way that Warren Buffett used to used to do business acquisition and he would buy kind of crappy businesses, but for really cheap prices. And then ultimately you can use the balance sheet of that business to go out and get a loan and either acquire another business or if you have a real estate a real estate focused business, you have office space, you can try to buy the building that you're in and you can grow a moderately successful to big business just by leveraging the balance sheet of the business that you have and going to the bank, putting debt on it and, and growing that way. Um, that didn't really apply in fitness Carly because we didn't really have any um, brick and mortar space. Um, but that is something and, and the trampoline park business, that's one way that these people kind of grow their, their net worth without growing the business in a massive way is using a semi non sellable business to take down the real estate. And then with the real estate you own, you can depreciate it. You can save on taxes. You can play all of those other tax games if you want to. And then the third thing that you can do is you can um, look at the sawdust in your product and try to spin out a business that is more sellable than the original business that you're in. And we've started to do this partly in Fitness Carly's business. In Fitness Carly, we're rebranding it. We're rebranding it to Fierce Athletica. It, it's a brand that um, is going to be big enough so that we can bring other personalities into the business. So it's not just my wife, Fitness Carly. And we're no longer selling only meal plans and coaching because that's it's that's a service-based business. Um, we're developing a piece of software. So I'm working with developers in um, the Philippines to develop a software that will generate a lot of the things that we used to do manually from a PDF standpoint, you know, generating these meal plans for women selling that as a piece of software that these women can implement in their lives. And that is supposed to be a business, a, an aspect of the business, a tool of the business that existed in the previous sawdust of Fitness Carly that can be a standalone, standalone product. And I've modeled that off of a pre-existing business that I saw for sale and that was a software business and I saw the multiples that they went after. So I've, I've seen that exist as a standalone outside of the personality base. And I'm modeling that that I saw, which is why I'm always telling you guys to look at businesses that are for sale. I looked at this business eight months ago. It was too expensive. I thought somebody ultimately bought it. And I as I looked at the business, it, it didn't really seem applicable to me. But as I've spent more time on my wife's business, building Fierce Athletica, I thought this could be a great tool either as a lead generator to give value to customers on the front end or potentially as a standalone. And um, I'm using that as a model for that aspect of the business to try to build tools and things that we can use that uh, make Fitness Carly an unsellable business, rebranding it and making it ultimately sellable one day. And once we have that infrastructure laid with Fierce Athletica, the next step that I'll take is the same step that I 
tell everyone else to take is I'm going to start profiling my competitors and start trying to get a sense of who will ultimately be an acquirer of Fierce Athletica and what do they want to see. Um, and that will dictate where we grow, whether we grow into the supplement space, um, whether we grow a coaching certification um, part of the business, um, or whether we try to develop more software, software tools. All of that will be built as I start trying to get a sense of who's got capital, who's a real buyer, um, and you know, who's playing in the space that can acquire something for 10 or 20 million bucks, as opposed to in the brick and mortar space, I was trying to cater to an SBA buyer. So those are the three things that I've seen as you have a business that's non-sellable. It's not the end of the world. It's, you can, you can keep it as your lifestyle business. You can, use it as a bank to leverage to go and uh, kind of grow your empire with that being the nest egg. Or you can do what we're doing in Fitness Carly now, where you just say, we're going to kill this as it exists right now. We're going to restructure it. We're going to recast the vision that we had for this thing when we started it. And this is going to be something that we need to almost build from the ground up as something that is more saleable. So those are the three things that I've seen. Let me know what you think in the comments. Send me a message, drop me a line, and I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.